Hey community, we've got a great interview for you today. Chris Brown from Elevation Worship joins the podcast. He sits down with Matt to talk about songwriting, advice for worship leaders, and Elevation's new music. You can download all of the master multitracks for Elevation Worship's entire catalog now on loopcommunity.com. Enjoy the interview. What's up, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Loop Live. My name is Matt McCoy. I'm the founder of loopcommunity.com and the host of the Loop Live show. And today we have a very special guest. We have Chris Brown from Elevation Worship. I am really excited to talk with him about Elevation, but also just about his story of as a worship leader. So if you've got any questions or comments, type them down into the chats, wherever you're watching this on Facebook, YouTube, and uh, we might take some live questions. We'll see. But anyways, I'm really excited about this conversation. So what are we waiting for? Let's go ahead and bring in Chris Brown. Chris, what's up, man? How you doing? So good to see you, man. I'm I'm very thankful that you would uh, take the time to join us on the show today. And uh, I've been a big fan of Elevation Worship. I was thinking about my first exposure to Elevation was in like 2010 when someone in my worship band came to me and he's like, hey, You've got, we have a, there's a song I just heard that we have to play at this young adult ministry that we used to lead worship at. And it was Give Me Faith. And I think (laughs) Kingdom Come was also on the record. Um, And he's like, we have to do these songs. And that was my first time ever (laughs) hearing Elevation. And I remember just being like, oh my gosh, this is insane. And we did it. We played those songs for like three or four years (laughs) constantly. Oh man. Do you remember Do you remember that? Do you guys ever play those songs anymore? We don't. We don't. No, I haven't. I I don't think if you gave me a guitar right now, I could find my way through Kingdom Come. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, that's such a great song. But anyways, I, so the last time I saw you, it was probably like a decade ago when we, I came down to the Matthews campus at Elevation and we just like, uh, it was you. You were there, but some of the other guys from from Elevation Worship were all there. We just kind of played with Ableton Live for a bit and talked about tracks, and it was yeah. it was a good time. But a lot has changed since then, and uh, that would just that that would have probably been um, you introducing us, I'm sure, to Ableton altogether. I don't know that you know what we did um, before that. We used QuickTime. And our drummers, wow. our drummers would have files. If we were doing a four song set, they would have four different files opened on their desktop. And this on Sunday live, they'd hit the space bar to fire one. And then when we'd be, I don't, I don't imagine we were using actual tracks then. I could be wrong. I'm sure it was just click and yeah. quick, t- quick time was just for click and setting the tempo and then they space bar that one have to scroll over hit the the next wow. file dude yeah. we were we were stone age and what i'm sure so you, awesome. you coming in was introducing us to to all things yeah. ableton that is so awesome it's worked out and, are, well. and are you guys still using ableton we are we are yep. you know jonathan mix yep yep yeah he's he's um he's a wizard added and has really helped us um to my knowledge utilize it really well i I think he does a great job but i'm ignorant to so many things able to as well unfortunately we have the right people around us to well yeah and with jonathan like you guys have also i think you were doing some really edgy stuff early on of 
even keeping campuses in sync with a with a track over right. Ableton Live on a network and pretty geeky nerdy stuff. <laughs> but um, yep. I wanted to first just like start off with you know you're talking to a bunch of worship leaders here who are watching this and I would love to know just a little bit more about your personal story like how long have you been leading worship and how did that start like how did you get even into leading worship yeah so i i grew up in church my my dad was a um, worship pastor and um grew up around music grew up um in a small local church environment my um my aunts uncles grand my my grandparents on my mom's side all in ministry full-time ministry my sister married a youth pastor like I'm just surrounded by it yeah. and have just really um, have a rich heritage um, in in my family of, of uh, ministers and so is, um, your, is your dad still doing music he would he he's a part of our um, no not full-time but he's a part of our elevation Columbia which is in South Carolina Columbia South Carolina campus um, which is really cool he, he retired um, a few years back and and then he yeah. he hopped into to serving there and um, leads leads an e group our small group and um, is, is loving kind of having a different seat in ministry you know it's got to be pretty awesome for him also just to watch you kind of take that torch and run with it I guess you so I, th- I think so yeah I mean I'm I'm standing on his shoulders and not not just musically speaking but um, he and my mom never never put pressure on me at all to to go into ministry and never put pressure on me to to pursue music they did an awesome job of just fostering like what i was passionate about like i think season over season so when i was a kid i was i was passionate about baseball (laughs) um and so my dad was not passionate about baseball but he he would get out there and throw with me and go to my games and um and then eventually that turned into, you know, loving, loving music and starting to write when I was a teenager. So I think um, to, to more of your question, though, when I start leading, I started leading in college and um, and had a had a great mentor uh, who just he he would have me show up on Tuesdays and Wednesdays to start. This was like when they would maybe a lot of people still do this. We don't we don't do this anymore, but um he would have me print off chord charts um, so that I could get them ready for the band rehearsal and set up the the, yeah. the printouts on music stands at their band rehearsal. And that moved into charting the songs. And, um, and that's, I, I would just be around, man. I just wanted to be in the environment and wanted to, to soak up as much as possible. I would sit there after, you know, I ran cables and, set up music stands and I would sit there and just watch them rehearse and listen to see how he steered the rehearsal and how he led. And, um, and, you know, I started, started leading for youth group. And, um, and so I, I just, I fell in love with it and I've known pastor Steven since we were teenagers, he and I were in bands together. And, um, and so when he started the church, I, I, heard immediately about it we had kept in touch a little bit through college but uh heard that he moved to charlotte to start the church and my wife and i moved up like nine months into to elevation starting and yeah. um 
I've been here since and trying to grow and steward it, man. It's wild, man. It's, it's so awesome. You know, you'd say that you started off printing off chord charts. And it's funny because just last week I had a conversation with someone while I was remembering, you and I are probably similar in age. You might remember this, but like, you know how a computer, you right click and you've got cut and paste. Like I remember when I was a kid in youth group making like chord charts, I would actually like legit cut and paste. Like I would print off a song, (laughs) cut it out, put it on a copier and shrink it down. You know, like do like the 70% printout. And then you literally paste it to another sheet. So you've got two songs on one sheet and then copy that one. Do you remember that? That's crazy. (laughs) Well, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, yeah, I was trying to make a and two I feel like chord chart. Oh, okay. I was trying to figure out why you did that from a functionality standpoint because I totally, I'm sure I did that um, in some in some fashion, but uh, yeah. I don't I don't know if I ever did. That makes that makes perfect. Sense. I was trying to get two songs on one sheet, so Got then it. you're not having to like flip <laughs> so much. But you have to shrink the songs down, and that was before right. like you know fancy software now that just does it mm-hmm. automatically for these kids. But um, <laughs> anyways, that's cool yeah. that that was your beginning. So, yeah. so you, so you go with pastor Steven, you know, you start leading, leading at elevation. And I'm, I mean, I'm sure you've seen that place change so much over the years. What, like, how have you personally grown as a worship leader and a songwriter since you joined elevation? Like from that point on, like, how would you say is like, you've actually changed the most as a worship leader? Man, uh, I've been here 15 years, so it's um, good grief. It, it, I couldn't remember. We were talking about that song, Kingdom Come. Um, yeah. I, I couldn't remember that far back on a song. It's, uh, I'm sure there will be so much that, that I'll forget. But I don't know. I think, I think hopefully I've stayed adaptable and willing to change through the years. I think the the landscape has changed so much with what worship is, worship music is even over the last few years, but definitely since 2006, 2007 when I started leading here. I think um I think we have a, as a ministry has we we have aimed to stay authentic season over season to who we are based on who we have um, in our ministry or who's around us or um, even who God brings us in regards to like other friends that have, you know, started coming in and out of our ministry over the last couple of years, you know, like, um, but I think it's a, it's a balance of, I, hopefully I have learned through the years how to balance being influenced by the people in our church, um, mm. which is a very diverse church, uh, young, old, white, black, Hispanic, very churchy people, very street people. Um, it's, I think it's important that we, we and I have tried our best to stay authentic to, to who's under our leadership. Um, but while understanding that we're in a, we're in a very privileged position to, to also influence what our people view worship yeah. is. 
and certainly what a what a worship song is. Um, that's something that I I've tried to not carry lightly over the last several years is um, the the position of influence God has continued to give us to to carry that and inf- influence um, others. And I think what's beautiful is um, is it's a little bit of both that like that I think we're, we're trying to balance like current culture of our church informing the types of songs that we write yeah. balanced with us wanting to challenge maybe what people's mindset of a worship song, or even just challenging what people get comfortable with or their preferences of what they yeah. want to hear or like to hear in a worship song or in a worship set. Um, so hopefully I've grown in my understanding of, of how important something like that is to yeah. to carry and and steward and i love part of the i love even this is kind of a whole other thing but like i love part of the writing process that or even the production process or when you discover in a live atmosphere at at church when you when i when you hear a voice that takes a song somewhere new Mm-hmm. So, so years ago, years ago, I, I would have just been like, man, there's, there's so many, there's so many songs that are, that I dearly love. And it doesn't matter whose voice is singing that song. If it's a guy singing that song, a girl singing that song. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to love, I'm going to love that song. Um, and I think some songs are, are meant to, to be that way and grace to be that way. I also think it's cool though, like as I've grown over the last 15 years, writing and the types of songs we've written, playing with like there there is there are some songs that a certain voice will always be intrinsically tied to that song and a certain voice from a production standpoint. Or or yeah. I don't even want to over spiritualize it, but I'll say like in an, an anointing on the song because of that voice, we'll take a song somewhere that, yeah. you know, that it, it may have never gone before. And I've loved discovering that. Um, and it has helped me n- knowing that it has helped me not, not ever get too precious with like mm-hmm. who's singing what, or yeah. I, I want to sing this or because yeah. there's just too many examples of songs that I've, I know without a shadow of a doubt, like they were yeah. meant to carry that song. Like yeah. that, um, th- their voice unlocked what no one yeah. else could. You know what I'm saying? So, oh yeah, a great example of that is uh, I think Naomi Rain on a uh, gyra in the bridge of that. Yes, I mean I feel like that's such a unique. I mean that's such a great bridge of a song, whatever you want to call it, a bridge, an outro, or whatever, but. <laughs> And a lot of it's so good that probably anybody could sing it. It'd be great, but there's something very special about her voice. It's like a signature on there. Yeah, that. yeah. We've we've had totally, and we've we've been we've been privileged over the last um, few years, in particular, to like just um, start writing more and more with other friends that yeah. aren't necessarily here in Charlotte, but and then song the songs that come from that like it just makes sense that 
yeah. they, you know, they would be a part of recording that and, and carrying that song, if you will. Yeah. And, um, and it's been, it's been really special. It's like to see our ministry kind of be somewhat of a um, launching pad for songs with, with yeah. others attached to them. But it's, it's been it, really cool. Would you say, is it challenging now like to go into songwriting sessions, just knowing like everyone's going to expect, you know, the next blessing or gyra or like, what tips would you have for songwriters who are? Um, yeah, you know? I don't know. I mean, it's, it's definitely in the back of my mind. Um, and I, 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 I think it would be hard for anybody, any yeah. creative writer or whatever to, to pretend like that's not there. But I, um, Pastor Stephen talks about this all the time um, when we, whether we go into, it's not like we talk about it at the top of any right now, but um, it's certainly just always in the conversation of like, man, we can't, we can't ever chase like what that was because that existed and lived and was created in a moment that can never be recreated. So why bother? And we didn't, we, the blessing, for instance, as you mentioned that, it didn't come out because we were chasing something before the blessing. Um, right. You know, we weren't trying to recreate a sound or a song. And Jaira certainly wasn't, uh, wasn't because we were after something. That, that was a nonstop. The day we wrote that, we had never written with Chandler or Naomi. And we, we went into a, we were in this uh, house with several, um, several others from our team and, Mavs team and there were different writing groups happening and we were actually in a basement um, of, of the house, but we went down there and we didn't, we didn't really come up for air for like eight hours. Like that day was one nonstop, but it was, the music didn't stop and the writing didn't stop. And we got to the end of that day and realized like, Oh, we, we've got a, we got to piece some of this together because the, you know, Jaira, like you were just mentioning as a bridge, the outro, what is it? It's got like, yeah. you know, in different movements or vamps or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. They, we got to the end of that and had to figure out like we have Jaira and we also had this song, this on the album called shall not want. They, they were kind of, they, they were being written at the same time. We didn't even see them as two songs. It's not like we said, Oh, we just yeah. wrote a song and we're going to call it Jaira. And now we're going to move on to the next. It was like one nonstop seven, eight hours of just music coming. And, 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 and then we actually had to piece together, like, what, what should the bridge be? Like, which one of these movements <laughs> should, yeah. should be considered the, the bridge. And, and it was fun. And we had never written that way. We had never written in, in such a quote unquote unstructured fashion. Um, yeah. So I, I think like, Yes, the pressure's kind of it, it, it exists in the in the back of your mind, but at the same time, if you just stop long enough to go, well, any song that we've I won't even say that God's given influence to, I'll just say that we love personally that I any song that I've walked away loving, yeah. whether it has you know influence yeah. or not. I at least now I'm also standing on enough history of songs being written like that that I that I love because they came from a pure place of like, no, we weren't actually chasing something else. It's just, we were yeah. in the moment. 
what is like your favorite song right now? What song are you like totally loving to lead right now at Elevation? I mean, we, it's, it's, it's weird. We kind of, <laughs> we, we have songs that'll sit around for, for quite some time, but I, I would still think like same God, even though we've led that song in church yeah. now for over, over a year, um, it's been out for maybe six months. It yeah. still feels, it still feels fresh. We just, um, we did a August tour run and, um, and seeing night after night too, like when the bass hook starts, which shout out to Shay Wooten, our, you know, our amazing bass player for him to write a, a bass hook that starts a song. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know many songs that actually start with, with bass guitar and right, it's a hook. Right. Um, yeah. But it was uh, it was really co- it's it's really cool to see a song like that connect with with so yeah. many people. Um, and so I, I would say same God right now, like still in church. I, I yeah. read it just this past Sunday. Um, I did, too. Did you? Yeah, it is Amazing. such a great song, man. That bridge is just killer. And then the chord change at the very last part of the bridge. Yeah. Just yeah. lifts it like up even more like. It's a good song. Thank you, man. What um do you guys only I'm just curious, do you guys only do elevation songs on at church or do you ever like throw in other stuff, yeah. you know, like a Bethel or Hillsong? Yeah. No, we we throw in other other songs. I actually just um just today was kind of thinking through Sunday, this yeah. coming Sunday, and um we're doing I'm putting in goodness of God in the set uh which is maybe one of <laughs> one of my favorite songs to just listen to still yeah it's been around yeah. a, a few years now but it's just so good um yeah and we may go into we're intro- uh, planning to introduce a a brand new song that we wrote a couple weeks ago um called look again and i think uh surrounded um would is going to be a perfect tag out of that. And so, yeah. so yeah, we, we try to mix it up. I mean, we do a, a lot of our originals, but, um, but there's just too many other good songs out there that, that, you know, are in the church to not. Yeah. Not be singing those. Yeah. So there was a video posted recently of you guys playing a live acoustic set and you know, technical difficulties happen to everybody. Every worship leader watching this knows exactly like this kind of stuff that can happen. And you don't even know why it just happens. And then you dig yeah. it up later. But so your keyboard player lost the click in his ears during the set. And on the video, you're like hitting the keyboard, like giving him the tempo like with your hand, which is, it's hilarious to watch. And you like start with a light tap and then you're like hitting it really hard. Tell us about what was happening in that moment. And then I would love to know like what tips do you have for handling a technical issue when you're leading? Yeah. Well, um, we started that acoustic set uh, in in the night with, um, we have a song called Million Little Miracles. And so we started with that and it starts with just keys. And there was just Scotty on keys, Joey on acoustic, and then E on acoustic. So, and, and Scotty's driving most of that set. So right into Million Little Miracles, like, the click fires, but Scotty Dutton takes his time starting. So I'm like, 
All right. I mean, I guess it'll, it'll come in at some point. Not too long, not like where it's weird, but just enough to know he's normally in by yeah. now. Yeah. And then he comes in and it's like nowhere near. It's, it's like in tempo, but it's not with the click. It's on like the off yeah. or whatever. And then it starts to fluctuate a little bit. And so I'm like, uh-oh, um, he clicks not, his pack's not loud enough or whatever. But we make it through a verse and chorus. And then I think after chorus one, I think we got on at some point during verse and chorus. Um, and then he takes a turn just himself after the, after chorus one. And then it was just completely off again. And I was like, Oh, he doesn't have click. So I just started tapping and um, I, we, the rest of us all had click and um, come to find out so, so what's going through my mind the whole time is like, um, surely our amazing monitors guy, Pat is gonna, gonna hear this. And like, he'll, he'll know like, Oh, Scotty's off or right. Jamie Nix or somebody. And they'll, they'll just send him click. I didn't know what it was. I just knew like, he can't, he can't hear something. So, um, so yeah, I mean, we just, we just had to, we had to keep, keep trucking and we made it through the, the whole set um was it just I, click or did you have tracks too no tracks in in that okay that's um, good because that could have been a, a disaster yeah absolutely <laughs> so we make it through the acoustic set which is probably i don't know 15 minutes or so and it it was it was all fine once um you know what I, he was following me at some point but for the most part, once you've got strumming acoustic in, which Joey and E both had click, so they're on. Yeah. And Scotty's following every, you know, he's following the vocals, he's yeah. following the strummings. Um, but we make it through that, and then we we kind of stay at the B stage moment, and I, but the full band joins for Gyro, and so when it wasn't awkward because everybody in the room stands, I I made my way back to a talkback mic, and said, "Hey guys." talking to just uh, our sound engineers, like, Hey, Scotty doesn't have click. Um, can y'all, can y'all get him some click? And that was also routed to Scotty's ears. So yeah. he, uh, he heard me say that and he said, Oh, I thought none of us had click this whole time. So he went the whole set thinking we're yeah. just all in this together and nobody yeah. has click and it's an Ableton issue as opposed to like an ears issue. And so yeah. it just turns out like his pack um, got swapped with someone else's. So um, <laughs> his click yeah. was technically being sent to Scotty's pack. Scotty just didn't have Scotty's pack. Um, yeah. So yeah, totally. But things like that happen all the time. And we, we made it through. I don't, I don't think too many people would have, would have known. And it just so happened that uh, our social um, our social person, Sam, she had set up that little 360 camera. That's yeah. the only time she set it up. And when we got off, I, I told her, I was like, well, um, Hey, let's, let's try it another night. It'll be cool. Cause that, that was kind of a disaster since Scotty didn't have click. Yeah. And then she cut it up in a funny way and showcased yeah. what she showcased in it. So it was, I loved it. I love the part of the clip where like Scotty's eyes like go sideways. Like he's looking, he's looking at your hand tapping and he's like, right. so did he, he, he probably caught what you were doing, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. He, Cause he then totally, you were making it really obvious at one point. 
Yeah, he he knew, but he just thought I was keeping time yeah. for everyone because he just didn't think any of us had clicks. So he's oh, like, well, Chris so is just awesome. trying to set the tempo for everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's so good. So my last I, – so I got two more questions. All right. What um, What's some advice you would give a worship songwriter who wants their songs to be heard? So they're writing songs, they but they want them to be heard. Like, what, what advice would you give? Because we've got worship leaders, songwriters watching this. What would you say? Man, I would, I would say I've, I've talked to other writers and worship leaders um, about this, but don't, don't equate success with visibility. I don't want to sound deflective like with my answer, but you, you should decide early on, like right now, that your motive for writing songs comes from, you know, not being able to, like your motive for writing songs can't be for other people to hear them. Your, mm-hmm. your motive deep down can't be like the drive to like get your songs out. Um, your motive for writing songs has to come from like you feel on mission and you feel called to do that. And that doesn't need to take the drive away or the passion away to to work strategically um, yeah. to get your songs out or to to put into practice and that that strategic part of your brain and get your team lined up and, and get vision, you know, turned into action. But don't don't let your driving motivation to write songs be for others to hear them or churches to sing them, because if so, then you'll I mean, all of us, um, you know, we'll just go home and lick our wounds when when we think like success means people are, are singing my songs or success means I'm, you know, I, I've, I've influenced you know, this many people or I'm in front or the song I wrote, you know, did, did this, you know, met this metric. Um, I don't know that like, I don't know that I'm your guy to like give, give everybody three steps on, you know, how to have a song become influential. But we were talking about our early stuff. I mean, we wrote, we wrote three albums that no one's, (laughs) <laughs> ever heard you know from like yeah. early years and eventually without without strategy or without a yeah. marketing plan, um one song started to to raise its hand um and garner some was attention. That give me faith? yeah it was give me faith and um and that one song like it opened a few doors for us that we prayed about walking through um and we did, and then we we had, you know, I think we made another, or we did make another album after that. That I don't think, um, you know, gained too much traction or or, or attention after that. <clears throat> um, but we just stayed committed to writing songs because we had vision from Pastor Stephen to write for our church, not vision yeah. to write songs that would become widely heard or sung, and certainly not to to like, you know go out there and get, get awards or accolades or whatever we were writing because we were called to do it. And so I think, again, I, I don't, I don't want to give like a deflective answer, like 
thanks for not answering that question. But I just do. I, I think like the mot- the motivation is is everything, and and I I couldn't even trace trace back with you like. So then in 2012, we, we put this plan in place to yeah. get this heard. It was, it's just been like, you know, stay, <clears throat> stay focused and stay committed on, on what we, what we f- really feel called to do and mm-hmm. steward that the very best we can in that season. And don't get ahead of yourself and don't think like you, you have to, don't don't compare yourself to other other songs or other ministries, um, you know that's a that's a bottomless bottomless pit to that you'll just dig yourself into and and just just stay stay focused on on who you're you know who you're called to to serve in your ministry, and I I can't wait to hear over the next decade and 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 more like the songs that keep coming from from churches, but I think like the church just needs to continue to bring pure, pure songs and authentic songs to the, to the table. And, and so don't just, again, don't, don't equate success looks like visibility, you know, success looks like this metric yeah. Success looks like this, you know, getting on this playlist um, yeah. and just let God, God breathe on what he breathes on. That's good, man. So my last question is similar, and it might even have a similar answer, but let's just say you're sitting down for coffee with like a 16-year-old kid who's just starting to lead worship at their church. And they're yeah. like, and they're like, Chris, what what advice would you give me if I if I'm wanting to go down this road of leading worship? I I would I would say um, don't don't have your aim don't try to be impressive, be effective. Um, if you stay focused on serving people on your team this week, you're going to see the fruit from it. Um, if you don't have a team, uh, st- just stay focused on serving those faithful people that are showing up each Sunday and stay faithful serving them by, you know, yeah, creating a great set list and, and bringing the best musical offering you can bring um, to those that God's entrusted to your leadership. And I think when you let too much creep into your psyche or your motivation of, well, I need to, I need to get myself out there. I need to be like impress others. When that creeps in too much, then your focus gets taken, taken away from just simply like serving who God's given you in Mm -hmm. this season in this moment this week and when you do s- serve them like then at least in 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 my story and season over season for me when i focused on well this is what i can bring and this is what i can do and i'm going to keep my head down and and stay after like not trying to not trying to chase numbers or metrics or chase um, being impressive, then like I, I find serving, serving the right motives has made me more effective, you know, in the long Mm -hmm. run. And I, and I, I hope, um, our church would, um, would speak for that. But I, I do think like you'll see so much fruit just week in and week out 
like not growing weary in, in serving those around you. So, yeah, man, that's so good. I just had a really quick random question pop in my head. If for some reason you could just not, you couldn't lead worship anymore, couldn't do music anymore. What would you do? <laughs> What's something you're, I, you'd I would, be interested um, in doing? I'd, I'd, our family this summer went to, uh, to this ranch in Montana that had no cell service and no yeah. Wi-Fi. We were there for a week, like literally wow. off the grid. And the people who work in this ranch, uh, they work there six months, basically six months out of the year. You can't work there in the wintertime because the roads are closed. You can't get in or out. But they basically go up there and they say bye to <laughs> like family, friends. Yeah. Like, Let's, I'll, I'll yeah. talk to you in six months. That sounds wow. amazing to me. Yeah, being that off the grid, that that's my yeah. answer. And work on a that ranch. would be amazing. I don't know anything on how to work on a ranch? I I don't think I'm I have calloused enough hands, but it would be so freeing. I totally agree with you on that. Well, yes. Chris, I appreciate you taking the time to uh, join us for this. I speak for myself, and I'm sure for many other worship leaders. In that, just I'm so thankful for what you're doing. Right, the songs you're writing. I see firsthand every week how your songs are impacting my church. Mm-hmm. Like. I recently heard uh, Chris Tomlin say something about, about like how songs are life rafts for people. And I see that every single week, like songs, there's, there's certain songs that just people cling to and then they keep listening to it over and over and over and it helps them through some sort of season. And I know that many, many, many elevation songs are um, in that category. And so I just am thankful for what you're doing as a worship leader. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for the songs Thanks. you're writing and, for taking the time to pour into the worship leaders at CCLI and Loop Community today. Thanks for having Thank me, you. man. Thank you. Yeah, man. Honored to be on. Good to see you again. You too, Matt. All right. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Take care. All right, you guys. Really great conversation with Chris from Elevation Worship. Write down in the comments what's one thing you're walking away from this interview with. What's one thing that stood out to you? Love to hear from you. Maybe write down in the comments too, what's your favorite Elevation worship song? What is a song that really has impacted your church and uh, your worship leading? Love to hear from you. As always, hit the subscribe button or the like button wherever you're watching this from so you stay tuned for more future shows. And thanks for joining us. Thanks for being a part of the community. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Matt. Thanks so much for listening. Hey, let us know what you thought. Write down in the comments wherever you're listening, watching from what you thought. Make sure you send us a message. Subscribe to our channel, YouTube, Facebook, and stay tuned for more from Lip Community.